When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers finalized their 53-man roster. This week, they released their depth chart for the start of the 2022 season. Some interesting things are taking place, and we're going to look at them today. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. We're going to start with the big one. The Steelers quarterback depth chart, as predicted by pretty much anyone, uh, as most people, I should say. There were people thinking Kenny Pickett would still be the number one quarterback. That didn't happen. Mitchell Trubisky is your number one quarterback on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the number two quarterback position remained Mason Rudolph. As surprising as that is, with how the Steelers divided up snaps in the preseason, how they've been handling the roster where Mason Rudolph got almost no first-team snaps and most of the time was the number three quarterback. The statistics from the preseason game, the film, everything seemed to point to Kenny Pickett usurping the number two spot from Mason Rudolph and then the depth chart comes out and says that's not the case. It's a pretty big deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers to put Kenny Pickett as their number three quarterback. And let me tell you why. Since 1970, if you go through and you look at the number three quarterbacks and how many games they end up starting, you get 17. Since 19. 70, or roughly one game every three years. Now, I can't find the actual depth charts from way back in the day, so I just, when when, you, when we're getting back into the 1980s, uh, I'm just reading names. 1980s and 1970s, I'm just seeing how many times the Steelers played three-quarter box, not exactly where their depth chart was, uh, but it's not too hard to pick out some of them. When we get into more recent years, especially the Mike Tomlin years, it's not too hard. Since 2013, only two number three quarterbacks have started a game in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years of Pittsburgh Steelers football, only two number three quarterbacks have started a game. Landry Jones in 2015 At that point, he was still the number three quarterback. He ended up starting two games. And, of course, the other one being 2019 Devlin Hodges, who started six games. No other third-string quarterback has started six games. This matters because backup quarterbacks 
end up playing quite a bit. There are not many seasons where the Steelers don't start two quarterbacks or don't at least have two quarterbacks throw a, a decent number of passes, even if the other second quarterback doesn't ever start. But to get a third quarterback starts is rare. And they don't get many. Now, I've heard people say that, or at least theorize, that Kenny Pickett is number three, but if if Mitchell Trubisky goes down for an extended period of time, he would start, and Mason Rudolph is just there because if you're sending someone in in the middle of a game, they want it to be Mason Rudolph. But being number three means Kenny Pickett is an active. Most weeks, he will not be active. That is going to be a difficult situation for him to develop, for him to be involved in the game plan, for Kenny Pickett to have a chance to play. It's really going to take serious injury, it seems. The Steelers are dedicated to keeping him on the bench. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how this breaks down. This is still a situation where a few weeks in, they could move Kenny Pickett up, make him the active guy if he shows that he's uh, ready to be the guy holding the clipboard and talking. One of the key, one of the key things to remember here is the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, sits up in the booth. The number two quarterback can talk, right? The starting quarterback, the number two quarterback, they can both talk. If they're, if if that number two quarterback is taking on a more important role in communication, because we've heard before, the only way to communicate to, with Matt Canada and have him hear what you're saying is to go through the quarterback coach. That's not the most efficient way to get feedback to the play caller on what you're seeing. So I don't know if they've tried to improve that. I don't know if that second quarterback has become a more important communication job than even last year. But last year it was still a very important role in regards to communication. The Steelers might not want Kenny Pickett to be doing that job yet. And that would make a lot more sense if that's the reason... Mason Rudolph is the number two. The reason Mason Rudolph is going to be the active quarterback with a helmet so he can communicate more, right? That If that's the case, cool. Okay, I understand that. If his job is to kind of help facilitate communication with Matt Canada, between Matt Canada and Mitch Trubisky, that makes more sense. Look at me on the quarterback position. Wide receiver has a couple of interesting things. Uh, the starting three, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, the fact that the way it looks on the depth chart, it looks like Clay, Chase Claypool is the starting slot receiver. That shouldn't surprise anybody. This is exactly what we expected. little surprising is they list Gunnar Olszewski as Deontay Johnson's backup and Steven Sims as Chase Claypool's backup when Steven Sims was playing on the outside mostly and Deontay and Gunnar Olszewski was playing in the slot much more. 
Miles Boykin is George Pickens backup. That makes sense. I don't know if this is miscommunication between the people who uh, write up the depth chart for the coaches and the people who input the depth chart into the computer. I don't know if it, the Steelers just don't care if they're listed right or wrong. I don't know, but I expect Golden Olszewski is the backup slot receiver and not Deontay Johnson's backup. That's worth noting. Uh, other than that, no real surprises there. The Steelers kept seven on their initial 53. Calvin Austin the third went on injured reserve. The Steelers have six receivers right now active, and uh, they have them listed as you know one, two, three, and then those guys backups. Running back, Najee Harris. Jalen Warren is number two. We expected that. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. is number three. He's going to primarily play special teams. That all makes sense. Uh, going to offensive line real quick. Dan Moore Jr., the starters are Dan Moore Jr., Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole, James Daniel, Chukumo Korafor. Kendrick Green is not a starter. Yay, that's good. Interestingly, the Steelers brought in Trent Scott and Jesse Davis. Uh, two interesting additions. Jesse Davis played three years for head coach Brian Flores before Flores became the Steelers linebackers coach. Uh, I assume he was involved in that process and bringing in Jesse Davis. The Steelers like to bring in people they have familiarity with, especially if they're bringing him in late. Trent Scott is another tackle that is on this team. He is listed as Dan Moore's juniors backup at left tackle. Trent Scott was an undrafted free agent for the uh, for the Chargers. Uh, he was there for two seasons with Pat Meyer. And then when Pat Meyer went to Carolina, Trent Scott followed him there. And now he's in Pittsburgh. Trent Scott is a Pat Meyer guy. Uh, interestingly, J.C. Hassenauer is the center backup. And then Kendrick Green is the only player listed at guard on the roster. Jesse Davis has played right guard before. So it could be that he is backing up the right guard and right tackle positions. And Kendrick Green is just backing up left guard. Uh, but it is interesting to see only one guard and that person being Kendrick Green. You really, really want James Daniel and Kevin Dotson to play well and stay healthy this season. Tight ends, Pat Fryermus, Zach Gentry, Connor Hayward. Exactly what we expected. So in offense, the picket situation is interesting. That's one to monitor and see. Uh, but the initial sign says the Steelers don't want to play him this season. They want him to sit the entire first season, no matter what we saw in the preseason, no matter what he showed. They don't want him playing. He is not the starter in waiting right now. That's not where the Steelers have him. Uh, Jalen Warren did make number two running back. That's important to note. Not really much else there on offense. When we look at the defense, so a couple interesting things show up. First off, DeMarvin Leal is co co-second team backup for Cameron Hayward with Isaiah Loudermilk. That is an interesting one. That is interesting. Uh, Larry, Ogun Larry Ogunjobi's backup is Chris Wormley. Tyson Aluwalu, Montrevious Adams at nose tackle. This is an interesting one because 
for me, that second team backup really reveals a situation that, that is always the case with the Steelers' uh, defensive line, and that is when this team goes to nickel, and they list a nickel back on their depth chart, they, they list their whole front seven and then five defensive backs. So there's really listed on this sheet, right, on the depth chart are 12 positions. Only 11 people play. So they list three defensive line positions, and then when they switch it to defensive to a, a four-man front with the edge rushers and just two defensive linemen, I think that's why we see both DeMarvin Leal and Isaiah Loudermilk listed as the second team, the backups to Cameron Hayward. Isaiah Loudermilk, in the preseason, didn't play a lot, and he played defensive end. He wasn't playing inside when they only went to two defensive linemen in the nickel and dime packages, Isaiah Loudermilk wasn't playing much. He was playing when it was a three, four setup. Similar thing with Chris Wormley. Chris Wormley played mostly defensive end, but he played a lot more when there was defensive tackle too. He played there as well. So to me, that reads as when the Steelers are in a three, four, seven man front, Isaiah Loudermilk, is your backup to Cameron Hayward. When they're in a two defensive line, four-man front for nickel and dime, DeMarvin Leal is Cameron Hayward's backup. Well, we don't quite know how they'll use Montrevious Adams. Tyson Alualu also didn't play a lot in those sets. It was Larry Ogunjobi and Cameron Hayward, the starters. And then it was really Chris Wormley and DeMarvin Leal as the backups when they went to a, a four-person front. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on and watch, but it really does look like uh, they like DeMarvin Leal in that defensive tackle role, not as much as a defensive end. It, it really simplifies what he needs to learn as a rookie. And Isaiah Loudermilk, who doesn't off, still doesn't offer much in pass rush, uh, but is, is one of their better run defenders, is your backup when they go to a 3-4 set against a heavier package. That defensive end in a 3-4 isn't as big a deal pass rushing as a defensive tackle in a four-man front is. So it makes sense to me. Outside linebackers, Malik Reed is listed as backing up TJ Watt, Jameer Jones, Alex Highsmith. I kind of thought that would be flipped, but again, I don't know how much the Steelers put into listing person people's backups or, or how they do it. It could mean nothing, or it could just be they like them better on those sides. The left outside linebacker is more of a pass rusher. The right outside linebacker more of a run stopper. In Keith Butler's pass rushing schemes, we again don't know how that's going to hold up with uh, the new defensive coordinator and Brian Flores in, who was a pretty good pass rush designer himself. An interesting one here. A very, very interesting mark on this depth chart. Devin Bush is starting. I figured that'd be the case. Some people thought he might not, but that he's starting. Left inside linebacker. His backup is Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane is, however, going to be the number three linebacker. If either of those guy go, guys go out, the first person in is going to be Robert Spillane. Miles Jack is listed as the right inside linebacker, and his backup is listed as Mark Robinson. Marcus Allen is listed as the third string right inside linebacker. That is interesting for Mark Robinson to be listed ahead of a person with more seniority than him 
who was a prior, priority player to bring back and got a decent contract from the Steelers, Marcus Allen, for his role. He got a pretty good contract. Mark Robinson is listed on the depth chart ahead of Marcus Allen. That matters. Congratulations to Mark Robinson, first off, really. Uh, and that d- does make it seem like he's going to get some play time this season. They're going to use him. Looking at the cornerback situation, uh, the starters are listed as Akello Witherspoon and Cameron Sutton. Arthur Millette is listed as the nickel. Levi Wallace as Cameron Sutton's backup. And James Pierre as Akello Witherspoon's backup. This is an interesting setup, in my opinion. As last year, Akello Witherspoon largely played right cornerback. Where... Steven Nelson had played, where Cameron Sutton played. He did not play as much for Joe Hayden, and when he did, it didn't go well. And so they switched it up. James Pierre is listed as the left cornerback backup, which he struggled mightily on the right side in the in the regular season last year when he was brought in to start. I think he is a better fit for the left cornerback spot in how they ran it with Joe Hayden being that guy. However... If you want to run that position the way Joe Hayden played it, Levi Wallace makes more sense to start there than Akella Witherspoon. Even Cameron Sutton does. Akella Witherspoon's skill set seems to play much better at the left cornerback, at the, the right cornerback, and how they used it before. But with the Steelers' division now containing Amari Cooper, And with the Bengals, Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper obviously on the Browns this year. This division is much more wide receiver one heavy. And both those guys like to play on the right side a decent chunk, especially Jamar Chase. Akella Witherspoon being the left cornerback, to me signals we might see a little bit different scheme in the secondary and how they use the cornerbacks. Just something to watch for, not not a huge deal. Uh, Arthur Millette listed as the nickel. I, I wouldn't put too much into that. I expect Levi Wallace is ahead of him in the rotation uh, with Cameron Sutton moving into the slot. And you'll see Arthur Millette in there mostly if you're facing a team that runs more in the nickel and, and they need better tackling than Cameron Sutton gives them. Because that's about all he offers as an upgrade over Cameron Sutton is his ability to take on blockers. He's better than Sutton. Not great. I mean, he's still a nickel, he's still a defensive back, uh, and he's a better tackler than than Sutton, in my opinion. He's just more physical player in general. Safeties, of course, the free safety is Minka Fitzpatrick. Strong safety, Terrell Edmonds. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's backup is Trey Norwood, with Demonte Kazi out and on injured reserve. And Terrell Edmonds' backup is Miles Killebrew. No surprises there. That takes us through the Steelers' depth chart, looking at it and looking at any surprises that happened there. Uh, The big ones for me are Mark Robinson, listed ahead of Marcus Allen as the number four linebacker. Uh, The listing of Akella Witherspoon at left cornerback, to me, signaled something's going to change there. Watch out for that. And, of course... Kenny Pickett, your number three quarterback on this Steelers offense. It's interesting to me. That's something definitely to keep an eye on. And, and 
man, I wonder if Kenny Pickett is even going to get a chance to start. If if Trubisky and Rudolph stay healthy, is, is Kenny Pickett even going to get a chance? It's very questionable here. That's the first half of the show. When we come back, I want to talk about a few other things, especially the uh, practice squad signings and a few other tidbits on how the Steelers roster is built. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll do a little commercial break and then I'll be back. Another day through, coming out with it and making something Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. The regular season is finally here. The off-season for me doing these shows, uh, doing podcasts this year, I have two podcasts a week, and doing that every week through the entire off season was it, it, it kind of dragged, you know, it got, it can drag at times, but all that waiting, all that speculation, all, all the stuff we've thought about and watched and, and debated all this off season, man, it's, it's about to start for real. The regular season is here. Uh, one thing, one thing I want to talk to you this, this week is with the start of the regular season comes my regular season schedule. If you're listening to the show, I encourage you to also check out the Know Your Enemy podcast. It's on Wednesday nights. If you're listening to this before, you know, Wednesday, uh, September 7th, come check us out on YouTube. Come check us out Wednesday evening, 830 be part of the live chat. Talk some Steelers football. We're going to have a guest from the Bengals looking into how their offseason's gone, catching up with them, and what to expect from the Cincinnati Bengals, the defending Super Bowl champions. But outside the podcast realm, I also want you to know that as soon as that first game is played, I'm going to be working on two film rooms Almost every week I have two film rooms come out. There's the Vertex with Dave Schofield, one of my favorite things to look at. He gets some interesting stats out of a lot of it, especially when there's actual games to look at. He comes up with some good statistics, and then I get to do the film to look deeper into it. I have a lot of fun doing those. Uh, and then later each week than that, I usually have a another film room that's just on whatever whatever struck me in that game, whatever stood out to me. In that game, and of course, this show will still be coming out. So, so check that all out. You know, on the on the podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to all of the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts, and then check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And to plug, you know, I'm, I know I'm plugging myself here, but check out my film rooms. Check out the Vertex and the uh, film rooms I'm going to be doing weekly, along with them. I want to take some time and dive into the Steelers practice squad. And I know people sit there, oh, the practice squad, why are you talking about this? You may not be interested in this, but these guys, they play football games. 
They're going to get called up. They're going to get into games. And we're going to give you a little heads up about them this year. For example, one of the guys on the practice squad this year, he was on the practice squad last year, guy by the name of John LeGlue. He's, he's, you all saw him last year play. He was the glue that, that brought that offensive line out of, you know, being absolutely terrible and made it better. He did a decent job, came in, was pretty good. Uh, there were some people upset that he didn't make the 53 man roster. I was kind of expecting he might with Kendrick Green in there because. Kendrick Green not playing center. John LeGlue is flat out a better guard than Kendrick Green. I'm willing to say that. Uh, Steelers aren't ready to give up on Kendrick Green yet, but it'll be interesting to see if either of the starting guards go down, how quickly John LeGlue gets called up from that practice squad. It took him too long last year with B.J. Finney and, and, and Hassenauer and all the playing guard, and it just didn't work. And they brought in John LeGlue. Anthony McFarland makes the practice squad. He's been a running back here for a while, been making the roster this year. Not only did uh, Jalen Warren knock Benny Snell out of the number two spot, he knocked Anthony McFarland off the roster. McFarland doesn't play special teams. Benny Snell does. He's a very good special teamer. McFarland is a good kick returner, but not he's Well, I should say decent kick returner, but he's not going to be one of the top guys on this squad. And when he plays, you know, Punt coverage, kick coverage, that stuff, he's not good. Another name that just goes on the practice squad that we've seen on the Steelers is Cody White. That's that's not a surprising name to me. I figured he would be on there. His dad is the Steelers' director of pro scouting now. Recently signed uh, Sheldon White. So that's, that's, not, that's not any surprise to me. <laughs> May may be annoying to some people, but that's that's not shouldn't be surprising. And then another one is Delonte Scott. He was here all training camp, edge rusher. Uh, got got some play time in the in the preseason, and he's he's sticking around on the practice squad. Then we have some interesting players that I want to get into. Mark Gilbert. Mark Gilbert was on the Steelers previously. He went through training camp. He was in, I think he played preseason for us last year. Then he went to Detroit. And now he's back. Notice that. Signed from Detroit. Also joining us from the Detroit Lions, Ryan McCullum. Offensive lineman from Detroit. Another, the only other name that really correlates to Detroit, uh, Andrew Adams, a recently signed uh, player. He's never played for Detroit in the regular season, but he played for the Buccaneers the last four years, uh, primarily as a deep zone safety. Interesting thing, though, twice he has been signed by other teams and then released for final cutdowns, and then he ends up back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and ends up on the field playing for them. He signed with the Detroit Lions, 2019, I think, and then last year he was originally signed 
to the Eagles roster and then cut in their final cutdowns. The Detroit Lions and Philadelphia Eagles both show up this offseason, especially on our practice squad. Uh, the Eagles show up with Elijah Riley. He was an Eagles player that went to the Jets. Jason Huntley, a uh, backup kick returner and a, and a runner. He also comes from the Eagles. Rennell Wren was a Bengals uh, player. He goes and gets signed by Philadelphia, and then they end up cutting him, and he comes to the Steelers. This is interesting because the Steelers have signed a few people in their front office from the Detroit Lions, uh, but, but interestingly, none of them from last season. We have Sheldon White, who was director pro, of pro scouting, and responsible for scouting his own players and other players scouting and being big into, you know, evaluating players already in the NFL. Basically anyone who's in the NFL, he's responsible for including his own team. And we have our defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Terrell Austin, who used to be a defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Again, neither of them were there really recently. But they may have connections there that are still valid. I don't know. It just seemed interesting to me that with two people from Detroit in our front office in important positions, we've grabbed a decent number of players from the Detroit Lions. Obviously, the Eagles connection, we have that with the uh, with Andy Wydell, who came and joined the Steelers, took over the... Uh, assistant general manager job and he he was a a big talent evaluator for the eagles and we brought in several players from them uh so there's some interesting there's some interesting things there we've seen that in the past where the steelers like to grab players that they have connections to right and detroit and philadelphia show up a lot this season uh, one's a couple of names that don't show up that way, but may have been players the Steelers were looking at in prior drafts. That's another big way Pittsburgh Steelers get their practice squad players is when people are cut and they were someone they wanted before. Uh, there's Josh Jackson, an outside corner, played for the Packers and then last year for the Chiefs. Uh, Steelers brought in... A couple of rookies, William Dunkel, Justin Rigg. Just, I mean, rookies that they must have liked. Uh, but those, it's it's interesting to me how the Steelers build their, their practice squad more than even just the names and who is there, right? Uh, last name to call it, Hamilcar Rashid, Rashid Jr. He impressed was a starter in preseason, then gets cut, brought back onto the practice squad uh, with Jamar Jones being brought back. Jameer Jones, sorry, being brought back to play on the 53-man roster along with Malik Reed, meaning none of the backup outside linebackers the, Steeler had, the Steelers had all throughout preseason made the final 53-man roster and one of them made the practice squad. 
it's it's very interesting to me to see that kind of turnover late, but not too unexpected as the backup outside linebackers really didn't play well in this preseason for the Steelers. The Steelers roster is being rebuilt. And one of the things that I wanted to, to really get into with this depth chart, right? I, the players don't matter that much. But what matters is we're, we're looking at a, the, when you look at the practice squad and you're looking at these players that have been brought in, the people from outside the organization and, and how these people get signed. Think about also, you know, some of the offensive line changes, some of the other things. The Steelers have a lot of new people in place and they're going to be bringing in people that are, you know, ones that they like, players that they like, players that they value, personality types, uh, their learning styles, leadership, things like this that they value, right? Trent Scott might not be brought in because he's a favorite of the coach and he's going to start. He, he likely was brought in because he's a guy who gets the system. He's a guy who can execute the system. Maybe at not high enough level to be a starter, but he understands what to do and he can help other players be on the same page. He can communicate. He can be valuable in the position rooms, in film evaluation. You know, he's he can be valuable there. These are the kind of people that coaches bring in when they get a job. We saw it when uh, the Steelers changed their defensive line coach. When they signed Carl Dunbar, he had been the defensive line coach for Alabama for a few years after being a defensive line coach in the NFL for a long time. And when he came to the Steelers, he brought with him a few lower tier players that were Alabama defensive linemen. He came to the Steelers in 2018 and they drafted Joshua Frazier from Alabama. And then in 2019, they drafted Isaiah Bugs. You know, it's a seventh-round pick and a sixth-round pick, but it brought in people that they knew. You know, you bring in people you are familiar with, people you know, and you're seeing a lot of names on the bubble of the Steelers roster, kind of replacement-level players, get swapped out for players who fit the new coaches. And there's a decent number of them. I find that to be valuable, and that is something to watch for in the season, especially if when you know practice squad players end up playing, depth players end up playing. Uh, when those guys come up, it's going to be interesting to see how they fit the system and if they can bring value to the team simply through, you know, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to play this coach's, uh, in this coach's scheme. That's my show for today. Cannot wait for the season to start. Week one, Steelers, Bengals, can't wait. Next week, we're going to have game film, new game film to break down. Not talking roster spots, not talking preseason evaluations and put the three R's to rest. We can stop talking about all that stuff, stop breaking down previous you know, year's film and get to brand new regular season 
full-on game film. Can't wait for it. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out all the podcasts in the Behind the Steel Curtain family podcast. Make sure you click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As always, I want to wish you a great week. And let's go Steelers.